Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 16, where this is the podcast where we talk about design and technology and where they meet and other tidbits that I find interesting. My name is Steve Heinrich, the host. This is being recorded on May 8th, 2018, but will be released on Thursday, May 10th, 2018. As usual, you can visit pixelswim.com for all the show notes and social links if you want to follow along and give some feedback. And this is usually where I say that I am the only one (laughs) on the podcast. But this week, (laughs) I have a a guest. Uh, I I teased him last week, so I just want to give a quick intro for him. He is the co-host on the Phones Show Chat podcast, which is all about the smartphone world. He's the co-host on the Whatever Works podcast, which is all about everyday products and solutions for everyday life. Co-ho- he's also the co-host on Chewing Gum for the Ears podcast, all which is all about music, and a co-host on the Projector Room podcast, which is all about film and television. He uh, is an off-grid aficionado. <laughs> uh, he is in sunny North Wales, and Honestly, I don't know. After reading all of those podcasts, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about today. So, um, from sunny North Wales in the United Kingdom, uh, hi, it's Ted Salmon. Hello there. Hi. Oh, where's my red carpet? You promised me a red carpet. Well, you know, I, you're going to have to take that up with Amazon because uh, they they didn't deliver it in time. Even though I said I was vacuuming vacuuming it the other day, uh, I, that was a lie. That was just to make sure you would still come on. So, I reckon I reckon that all that uh, build up was a virtual red carpet anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate you coming on, Ted. It's a it means a lot. And uh, you can find Ted Salmon online at tedsalmon.com, which essentially I think links through your google plus page where you yeah. post most of your con- uh, content sure. so all right so usually i start off with a few weekly personal feedback notes uh and ted feel free to to feedback on any of this uh, i know okay. <laughs> some of it which you're involved in uh, a little bit and uh, this week i spent some time setting up my lumia 920 that i got in to have a windows phone 8.1 device kind of in the archive and uh i, was, it, I have really enjoyed <laughs> using it again windows phone 8.1 is I dare dare say better than Windows 10 <laughs> mobile. So, uh, but I also got because uh, when I originally ordered it, I got a I couldn't find a good case really for it. But I you know I wanted to have something so I could use if I wanted to use it you know outside of the house. <laughs> to, so I got a crappy three dollar TPU black TPU case for it, and it is not very good at all. <laughs> Uh, it, it's just, uh, it's kind of floppy. It doesn't fit very well. So, uh, I don't know. Like I said, there wasn't a ton of options, but, uh, this is kind of where, you know, you came in Ted and you saved the day after the, the last, uh, when I mentioned that there was an official, I think it was like the CC 1043 Nokia case for it. And you, uh, helped me out by ordering it from amazon.co.uk and it's on its way over. So I appreciate that. Uh, and, and, doing that for me i know is it not arrived yet no it's not here yet uh so yeah i thought maybe i checked checked, terrible isn't it yeah i checked it (laughs) yes yeah i checked yesterday hoping it would come in right before the recording you know so i could tell you how great it was or how horrible it was (laughs) but i'm sure it's fine when i I was ordering that you know steve i realized that it was about the sixth one that i'd ordered in my life because I, I did have the Lumia 920. It was one of my favorite devices of the time when I was 
when when Windows Phone or whatever you want to call it was able to be a, a viable um, option for me as an operating system, and I and I really liked the 920. I thought it was a really good solid piece of you know. Back in the day, the, the Nokia devices were just made beautifully and properly, and and I used to like that that poly material. Um, you know, and everyone's on about glass and metal these days, but that that poly of the 920 is just really lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a, like you said, just it's solid to to hold on to, and and just it just feels like I don't know, just like with all the glass and the metal today, it's this still feels like more well built to me, like it was mm. more well thought out. So. Yeah, I've definitely enjoyed using it. And, like, you know, I've actually been because I generally go for the, you know, budget devices in the Android world and but mid range to low range. And uh, the low light photography on it has actually surprised me quite a bit and, and how well it actually does because it does have the I think it has OAS on the, the sensor yeah. on the back. So, yeah, I've been I got I to gotta get it out of the house and kind of take a few more test shots and see how that goes. But yeah, so I'm looking again, looking forward to that case coming so I can kind of complete the package, I guess you say. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, this week and and my next point here for the week is that I put my SIM card back in my uh, Moto E4 Plus. Uh, I, I just decided to I took it out of the the LG Q6 and put it in the E4 Plus simply because of battery life. Um, and and just it just lasts <laughs> it just lasts forever. I mean I, I charged I had it charged up this last Friday and honestly I didn't I still haven't charged it. <laughs> it's and it's down to about twenty percent, which I know will get me yeah. through another day. So I did you have hands on with the E4 Plus? I'm, I can't remember if you did or not. I did, yeah, absolutely. And I, I I was wowed like you with the battery. But because of my um spec snobbery you know I, I i was looking for problems with it and and the the problem that i came up with was that it was it had this um snapdragon uh, 400 series chip and and I, I was just looking for trouble with it and but in reality it was fine it you know it worked fine it was a good solid um you know uh performer and as you say the battery is just stunning and and now we've got the 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 moto g6 uh play which effectively replaces this E4 Plus. The same thing is true. You know, it's got a 400 series chip, um, but I'm sure that it'll be a fantastic. And it's the one of the new range that has got the the 4,000 milliampere battery. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how uh, people get on with that. Yeah, I, I definitely have been looking at the the new G series line, and even the E series is because <laughs> I tend to go even lower than that of even the new E series. And one thing that I found weird about, or in everything that I've seen about the new, I think it's the E5 series, is that nobody really has mentioned. And I know it's probably not a big deal to many people, but for people who have you know you use Motorola uh, devices uh, for the past few years. Uh, the e5 series now has a lot of the moto actions on it and the e series never had those before and i and and when i've watched some reviews now i i they kind of miss that they're like you know it's standard fare you know with the moto actions and i'm thinking on the e series it's never been there and that's what i've loved about motorola is they generally pull features you know from the previous year's higher model and then they put it into next year's lower model so you kind of you know eventually you get a full featured device in the in the budget range and they do budget super well so 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's a, it's a, it was a really nice device, and and as I say, if I hadn't have been such a um, a spec snob, I would have kept it longer. Yeah, and I I can I know what you're talking about. There is some struggle on it, especially with Google Maps. For some reason, it's really just struggles along. Like you tap and and wait, you know, it, which usually isn't the case in most yeah. apps. But uh, yeah, so I it's my sim was back in that for is back in that for now. So <laughs> I'll, I'll report back because I'm sure it'll switch soon enough but uh we'll see but uh and yeah, yeah. Also, maybe, yeah. maybe you'll maybe you'll head for a uh, lg g7 yeah well <laughs> yeah that that fits with well within my my normal budget range <laughs> <laughs> it does look interesting though i did i have watched all of the especially the sound stuff which is what i was mostly interested in and how they you know hollowed out the cavity to make the sound better and all that stuff uh it, yes. it looks it, yeah. it looks interesting and you know maybe maybe in three or four years i'll be able to to, to buy one <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. see how it goes so um yeah I, I, was, I also wanted to talk about this week that uh for work i had to order a dslr camera because uh, i had talked in the past about using the lumia 950 to try and shoot some video and how it kind of failed me and then also uh how I had used the LG Q6 to shoot that video. Now we did that because we didn't, you know, we weren't really sure how many of these videos we were going to be making. So, uh, it was just kind of a test run. So the phones worked fine for this case. And, uh, after we produced the, the, the short video is about three minute video. Uh, they like the editing and stuff. So they wanted to kind of invest more. So this week I was able, or Last week, I should say, I looked into getting us a DSLR camera. Just nothing crazy because we had a budget. And uh, so we ended up getting this Canon Rebel T6i DSLR, which, uh, Ted, you've noted that it's the D750, I think, over in the UK. Yes. Uh, we got it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll put a link to the kit that we got on Amazon because uh, it came with a lot of extras, <laughs> some of which are, mm. are good, some which of which are, aren't, aren't that great. But if you see the picture of everything that comes with it, uh, most of the stuff is pretty good. But the, the tripod, woof, man, that leaves a lot to be desired. It's very flimsy <laughs> and uh, not very good. So we'll probably get another one of those or another tripod. But, you know, it'll do the job for the moment. Um, but really, they... It, this Canon was part of a what they call a creator's kit because uh, the creator's kit is what comes in the the main box in the photo there. And basically it's the camera, uh, a lens and then uh, the microphone that goes on top of the of the camera that mounts on top. So basically you can do video. So we're going to use this for photo and video. So uh, but with all of that said, I am not a a a photo or a photographer by any means um so i i it's not that i'm completely inept but uh, i definitely would need uh maybe some sort of you know crash course in basic photography just to make sure that i'm not misinterpreting you know the settings on there because i've gone through the settings on the camera a bunch but uh yeah it's te- i mean i know ted you mentioned in your uh notes and i'll just go over this question now about any tech that's on your wish list that's not a phone and you mentioned a dslr camera uh and then uh a full frame one so 
Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about what exactly you were looking for as far as a DSL? Well, uh, again, it's probably spec snobbery, to be honest. But, you know, the, the, when I was using film SNRs back in the you know 1980s or, or even almost back into the 70s, um, you know, you you had a, a the, the size of your your film was the, was the 35 millimeter film. Um, when they introduced uh, digital photography, in order to 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 cut costs mainly, they introduced this the, and the, the forward march of technology, of course. They introduced the, a smaller sensor, and so you had all this kind of hoo-ha going on with different lenses. And actually, the the lenses that you get are not really the the, the focal length that they say they are, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, just now, we're we're just about getting to the point where um, full frame DSLRs, that is. So the sensor inside the camera is actually the same size as, as a, a frame of 35 millimeter film. So it's a big, big sensor. Okay. Um, we're just getting to the point now where those uh, those DSLRs are actually um, almost affordable. Um, and actually, the, the truth is that you need to be a real perfectionist to get the most out of those. And you need to be really serious photographer to, to even know the difference, really. Um, you've also got the issue that all the lenses that you bought in your system may no longer be usable with the um, full frame, depending on you know um, which lenses you bought um, in the in the interim period. Um, so it, it does get a bit complicated. But the one you've bought is is not a full frame, um, which is I think is absolutely fine. It's still the 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 APS sensor is still hugely bigger than anything you'll get on any mobile phone, the, the, no doubt at all. And so the, the the images and video you get will be absolutely absolutely fine um but yeah if i was talking about my current um wish list that the the outside of phones that is a full frame dslr just because it would be so lovely to know that the image was the back in the size that it that it was in in, in the old days would be certainly up there yeah that's really that's cool i like i said i didn't know the difference between the two when you you put full frame in the notes i was like uh full frame uh diesel <laughs> i don't know what that is so uh i'm Luckily, you know, I, I think I'll be able to pick up on how to use the camera a little bit quicker than some other people. Luckily for my company, you know, they've they put it in my hands to kind of learn the thing over the next couple mm. weeks. So uh, I'm not too worried about it. But anybody out there who could point me to any, you know, simple tutorials or any websites that you've used in the past. I don't know if you have in the past either, Ted, uh, looked at any of that stuff. But or if you're beyond having to, you know, kind of understand some of the features that that come on these or yeah, yeah, I, 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 there's loads of resources out there um, and they, they will, you know, you'll be able to read up tons and tons of stuff about it and understand how things work and the, you know, the relationship between um, the different lenses and, and apertures and shutter speeds and, and how the whole thing works and how to make the most of the equipment you've got. There's just oodles and tons of it out there on the internet. So, you know, you, you won't have to search far and, and, and there's also um, resources resources in certainly the the PSC community um, in Google Plus you know lots of the members that are, are into phones are also heavily into cameras um, and DSLRs and and you know dip in there and ask questions um, people will be happy to, to advise yeah that's a great idea I think I'll probably uh, put post something this week and see you know try and get some feedback and some direction and stuff so yeah that'll be that's a good idea so 
Okay, so also I just want to talk a little bit quickly about, I sent over an article about previewing Material Design 2.0, because I kind of had been trying to wrap my head a little bit around (laughs) Material Design. I haven't really read through the entire spec, but the article that I sent wasn't written by anybody at Google necessarily, just somebody who kind of, I think he just creates apps for Android, so... Uh, but a couple of the thing, a couple of takeaways that I had from this article uh, was specifically the the bottom navigation that looks very much like <laughs> iOS has always done, <laughs> and uh, and honestly, I'm not I don't I'm not adverse to that uh, because it works and and really it explains in this article about how, why why they why the material design team would decide you know kind of decide that. And uh, basically, you know, because screens are getting taller and navigation buttons are going away, you know, uh, that the bottom of the screen is making it is the obvious place to <laughs> to put, you know, main navigation in an app. So uh, and also I put, took away from this that uh, that the material design team at Google really isn't they don't do all of the design for Google. They basically put out the material design guidelines and then the team, each team for each app kind of follows those guidelines and breaks away from them as they, you know, see fit for the app. So they, they highlight uh, the Google IO app. I guess that's supposedly supposed to be kind of the, the framework or the benchmark for material design. So, uh, did did you look at this article at all, Ted, and read through? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and also other apps that are rolling out slowly are beginning to to see this. Um, for I, I downloaded and started using the Tasks app, um, for example, which is really really basic, um, but it, it has got those elements of design in it, and and it's almost as if they're using that, even though it's a really basic app to. to to showcase this um and you know there's a apparently the, the the gmail app is on its way but they've done the um desktop class um upgrades on that but but not the android one and that's that's on its way but the i i think you're right it it's about screens getting bigger and taller and those controls at the bottom are there's no denying it they're they're very helpful and handy the google plus app for example um they've had for a long time those four controls across the bottom and and that's where your your thumb usually if not finger uh falls uh, to too quickly and, and you can get to where you want to you know navigation is much quicker so i can see what they're doing and where they're going and in the process they're making it look very nice and the font set on the google sorry on the gmail um on on the the web class gmail is is really nice and they they've done some nice features they put a column down on the right where you can quick link to other apps which no doubt will grow um yeah i mean the whole thing about the material design too i think is very very interesting yeah and i think google's uh overall done a pretty good job rolling it out and not kind of (laughs) i mean other than when they jumped to lollipop on android uh which was kind of a big visual jump they've done a pretty good job rolling out things and refining things so people aren't so, you know, scared off as far as, you know, the functionality of some of this stuff. And you get used to it, you know, it's, it makes more sense at the bottom. And so it's eventually, even if you're, you were used to the other way of navigating an app of, you know, whatever other 
options they would provide uh this you, you get used to it and you realize I, I think eventually what i find with google so a lot of google stuff <laughs> is that that you know there's always a reason behind why they're doing it and i'm sure you know it's obviously the same for apple and usually over you know in a little bit of time you get used to it and you find that it was ac- it's it is actually easier and you, once you get used to it so uh i think it was just interesting how they you know uh, with google io coming up i'm curious to see um, what they have to say more about material design 2.0 or whatever so uh, we'll see <laughs> we shall see so okay so let's move on to some questions for our guest head salmon so uh, i've been kind of workshopping some some general questions to ask guests that i have on so the first one is what is some of your favorite tech that you own these days? And I've, I've mentioned this, that it could be anything, any, you know, Bluetooth or something, <laughs> you know, anything basically that isn't uh, a phone necessarily. So, uh, yeah. So what's some of your favorite tech that you have on hand? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I do get drawn to things that make sounds. Um, <laughs> and I, I love Bluetooth speakers, and I, I'm a sucker for buying radios, and um, particularly if they're old-fashioned. I love Sony stuff. Um, things that give a really good quality output. I've got far too many um, Bluetooth speakers and radios and, and stuff like that than I need. Absolutely far <laughs> too much. Um but I just love hearing it and using it. And particularly, as I say, the Sony stuff when it's made so beautifully and um, that just kind of blows my socks off to to have and to use those great sounding, which is uh, one of the reasons I guess I get I get drawn to um, phones that sound good as well, like the Marshall London and the Razer phone, um, which people that have know anything about me will know that I'm very high up on my list great sounding things absolutely um the other thing that i um have been enjoying using lately is um a a high-end kind of bridge camera you know you were talking about cameras just now and the the thing about dslrs is that for what well for one thing there's the cost and the expense but you can if you're not bothered about full frame sensors and stuff like that and um you, your 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 expectations are lower you can buy these amazing cameras now that have got long long zooms on it i i my, the one i've got is a panasonic lumix which i can't remember the um actual model name of but it's got a 60 times zoom wow. um and I'm not particularly into this, but this thing you can get up to 1,200 uh, millimeters um, in in the zoom range, and and that I know that the, because it's a crop sensor that the it's not like the old 1,200 millimeters, but um, someone clever could probably work out what exactly that does mean in full frame sensors. But the point is that it, that it zooms you in an amazing distance across the, you know a, 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 the beach or the the the, the scenery or um, whatever it is you want to take, and and the quality of the images is really not that bad you know um it, it people complain about it and say yeah you can't possibly hope and of course hand holding is really difficult because you you've really got to think about putting the camera on a um on a beanbag or a or a wall or a tripod or something um 
Yeah. And prefer- preferably not a tripod like the one you've got. So, so, <laughs> yeah, um, it would blow over in, in about two seconds. So, But, but generally speaking, uh, I, I have a fascination with hardware and I, and I, I love, um, you know, I, I love having a camera and holding the camera or a Sony thing or something that feels great in the hand and is made beautifully. Um, you know, the fact that it might not work doesn't really matter so much. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that you're because fa- uh, I know you've talked about in the past on the phone show about how you're not too concerned about your phone cameras as long as they're kind of serviceable. So th- yes. I'm guessing that these kind of fill the gap as far as uh, take you taking photo like other photos of things. Uh, do you take a lot of photos uh, outside of your phone camera? <laughs> No, I don't. Um, and I, I should do more, I know. And I used to do more. I, I used to, um, photography in the 1980s particularly was my my number one hobby. And I, and I loved taking photographs. And I had a huge amount of artistic stuff that I was involved with doing. And it was really good fun and I enjoyed it. But I can't these days... Um, bring myself to to be enthusiastic about it so much and uh, it's it's like it's something i've done and it's gone and you know and and phones uh, cameras in phones to me are just snapshot things that people want to put on facebook or whatever you know uh, and you don't it doesn't need to be great but i do accept the the counter argument where people are um pursuing the kind of uh, converged dream and it's got to the one thing's going to do everything and i i do accept that and we and we speak about that on pse quite a lot um but yeah to me if you're gonna if you if you want to take a proper photograph then you really need the proper tool to do it with and and not just enter this world of eternal compromise of of these titchy little lenses and tiny little bits of glass if it is glass and tiny weeny little sensors you know you're not going to get a good result in most cases with that kind of equipment with a few exceptions as um no doubt you will argue with uh, some of the lumia devices and <laughs> some of the nokia stuff which was just specifically made for that Right. Yeah. No, I I can definitely understand. Like I've I've I like photography, I guess I would say. Not that necessarily I'm a photographer, but uh, it is a li- honestly, it's been a little dis- it's a little discouraging because I think what it is is that everyone can be a photographer these days. So, you know, maybe back when you were getting into photography, it wasn't necessarily something that was so prevalent in society. You know, everyone can take a a great shot these days with little effort you know and yeah. so really getting a to me and and i know it you know maybe it's it's some of my ignorance it's like i can't tell the difference sometimes between you know someone who's set up a shot and done something really great with the camera to get it to work and get a great shot and then someone who has it on full auto and gets the same you know gets the same yeah. uh result so or similar at least so but yeah Yeah. that's it's that's interesting uh that you haven't you know that extra camera and uh use it every once in a while you said do you take it out with you often or is it you really have to think about whether you're going to take it with you yeah the 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 latter i i i I have to teach myself i I have to train myself to say right you're going to so-and-so today make sure you take the camera with you um because as i say i'm not really that interested any longer um and and i've got to force myself i had thought about possibly keeping it in the car um 
uh, than I than I would kind of have it with me, and I'm more likely to use it. Oh, the other thing I was going to say about the cameras these days is that they've started um, relatively recently to be chargeable with a phone um, a phone charging cable. Right. Now, in most in most cases, it's it's micro USB, but all right, it's not USB C, but um, that's made a big difference as well, I think, is that, that you haven't got to physically remove the battery from the camera and put it into a separate charger that's plugged into wall, the wall, leave it to charge, remember to pick it up, put it back in um, before you go off again, or have multiple batteries, of course. The fact that you can treat these modern cameras in the same way as you treat your phone, you plug it in overnight or whenever it needs a charge, you don't have to think about taking the battery out. That To me, that makes a big difference in usability. Yeah, that that absolutely. I know the the Canon that we got, I think, still takes the <laughs> the battery pack. So I haven't seen on there if there's any sort of charge port on the camera itself, but I'll have to check that out. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to go on to the next question here, which is what do you use as your main computing device? I know you use a laptop and the reason I asked this question is because, uh, a lot of people are, you know, can get, get away with just using their phone as their main computing and only computing mm. device these days. So I just, I'm always curious what people are, are using, you know, and if they need a laptop or anything like that, I know that you're using a laptop. So, uh, it looks like a, an Acer Swift 5. So what's the, how is that? Is that, that yeah, meeting yeah. your needs, I guess? A Windows 10 laptop. Um, it, as you say, Acer Swift 5, really nice. It's a slim model. Um, it's got a 13-hour battery life, which is the, one of the reasons I got it. It's, so it's very portable. That's great, yeah. Um, it's also got a fingerprint scanner on the trackpad with um, Microsoft Hello, which... Um, initially didn't work very well, but I, I re, re, uh, a factory reset the computer and it, and it started working and it's worked ever since um, since then. So that's fine. Dolby speakers on it, 15 inch screen. Um, it, it wasn't cheap. It was 699 pounds, but um, I, I'm guessing it's probably cheaper now. Um, but but the, the reality is that I, I also live with with Chromebooks. Um, I've got a Chromebook Flip and there's some Dell units around here. The Chromebook Flip is particularly interesting because it's got a USB-C um, two ports on it, in fact. So okay. you can charge it with anything that's hanging about in terms of USB-C. And the, the, the reality is that I, I, I have got two things that I do with a Windows computer that I need a Windows computer for. One of them is podcasting, which is I know it's um, surmountable with, with um, Chromebooks, but it's, it's difficult, as you'll probably find yourself, yeah. um, to try and work around. And, and there's nothing quite like having some sort of Windows or Mac computer to, to do that properly. Um, and the other thing that I use is Microsoft Publisher. Um, and if it wasn't uh, because I, I, I'm the editor for a um, printed magazine, um, oh, okay. which comes comes out monthly. Um, but if it wasn't for those two things, I really do believe that I wouldn't necessarily have a um a traditional computer i think that i could i could live with a with chromebook or chromebooks um 
and um, I, I I wouldn't need it at all. But but while I need those to do those things, I, I just need something with more meat. And the, and the other thing in terms of computing, um, in answering your question that I have, is a Lenovo Yoga Tab Three. Uh, sorry, Ten Tab Ten. <laughs> which has got a, 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 a really meaty specification on it, unlike most tablets. It's got a, a hanging um, stand on it, so you can stand it up or hang it. And um, it's got a, a, a micro SD card. And, and the reason I've got that for is that when I've, I'm off grid. I can watch. I can consume media on it. I I find that if it, if if it's sat in front of me, it's a 10 inch screen. If it's sat in front of me, um, quite near to me, it's as good as a TV across the room. It's absolutely fine. And I can when I'm in the, the various places I go to where there's Wi-Fi, I can download programs, TV shows, um, BBC iPlayer in 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 our case in this country. Um, and you've got it for later on to be able to watch when you're off grid and you haven't got a connection or you've got to pay for a cellular connection. So, you know, that's my trio of, of things that I use on a routine basis, really. Uh, my, my Windows laptop, my Chromebook and my media consumption yoga tablet. I incidentally don't use the tablet for anything else at all, just for media, because actually I think that um, Android tablets are just appalling. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. We have uh, a tablet in our house. It's a Samsung Tab 8 or something along those lines. Uh, my wife uses it primarily, usually, you know, at night for, you know, watching video and stuff like that. And uh, this the Yoga Tab sounds... <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out because it sounds like it could be potentially something if we were going to upgrade uh what's the res do you know what the resolution on that 10 inch screen is or um no i don't is it you know just basically like a 10 like a 720 maybe 720p or i honestly can't tell you sorry okay, okay. It's a, but it's got a sharp sharper image on it though yeah yeah, yeah. I, I can't see any and, and the specification is quite high it's got um you know um lots of ram and it's got a a 600 series snapdragon chip and um it's got 64 gigs of storage and and those those kinds of things normally with those 10 inch tablets that all the specs are terrible you like one gig of ram or two gigs yeah. of ram and the, the you know really low end and the chipsets are really bad and poor um and 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 i just think generally speaking that google are not interested in in android um on tablets that they, they they've made it perfectly clear that they they've got their eyes fixed on other things like chrome um or tablets running chrome os and that sort of thing so i think it's changing Okay, yeah. Uh, and also, you, you talk about using a Chromebook Flip. And honestly, my I have a Windows 10 PC to a Lenovo. And I honestly wish that I could, <laughs> could just use a Chromebook. But like you said, there's usually just a few things that you need to do that require that, that heavy, you know, the heavy machinery yeah. uh, to, to get done. And for me specifically, I mean, I run all the entire, you know, Adobe Creative Suite. So that's not gonna, <laughs> that's not happening no. on a Chromebook. No you know but it's one of those i wish i could because it would you know uh, it would increase the battery life of my computer you know it would yeah. uh most of the stuff that i do would be taken care of so yeah i definitely can uh, although having said yeah. that some of that adobe stuff is now available um as an uh, in browser i've noticed um yeah which yeah. which relies on you being online of course which in my case you know off grid is part of the solution um but if you were always online with a really good connection some of those adobe suites things i know that they're trying to address that 
Yeah, definitely. I think they're they're pushing. I think that's the future. You know, once uh, the connections and computers can connect quickly enough, I you know, all this software I think will move into the cloud, uh, yeah. and then you won't have to have a you know a giant laptop with you know mm. spec'd out laptops. So uh, let's hope. But for now, I'm you know I'm stuck having to have a you know semi large laptop that you can run all these programs pretty well. So sure. um, yeah. So let's go on to and we talked a little bit about this already with the dslr but is there any tech other tech that's on your wish list wish list that's uh not a phone so we talked about the full frame dslr but uh what else mm. uh, are you looking at in the well, future uh, is this a, this is money no object <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah money no right. object yeah money might no, as well <laughs> not to you uh no can no copyright infringement on whatever works um, if it's <laughs> yes if it's um if it's money no object i'd have a pixel book and i, I just think that a thousand pounds plus a hundred pounds for the pen on top of that um and also um the 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 point about the pixel book is that it doesn't do one of the things that i would be looking for it to do um to justify that cost either which is to do handwriting recognition properly um i've been looking for a long time for something that that um and and i tried the the yoga um the yoga book for this which doesn't do it either um changing your handwriting into text and um yeah okay now that i'm not working anymore the the practical application of that is for me less important but it's still i think an interesting tech and something i'd like to see working now apparently um, the iPad Pro, the the posh one, the you know the one that comes yeah. with pencil support, that does it well. Um, but the, the trouble with that is that it's it's an awful lot of money again, the same as the Pixel Book really, to shell out on one thing for doing one thing. I, I I've got no other use for an iPad particularly, <laughs> yeah. um, and and to, to shell out money on that. It just seems, you know, I, I can't really justify that. But but so those are a couple of things that I'd really like. I'd, I'd like handwriting recognition um, that works properly and reliably. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Uh, I, I honestly don't see myself needing that uh, feature, but I definitely think it's cool tech. It, it definitely is interesting to <laughs> that they can make that happen, especially with, you know, the differences in, in everybody's handwriting. So, yeah. Uh, but I actually had something because I've been kind of visiting the the local uh, Best Buy, which is basically our text, you know, a tech store in the in the suburbs <laughs> here. Mm. And um, I been looking at all the laptops and everything. And I and again, money, no object and w- on my wish list right now, because I, I don't think last time that I had a guest, I answered with anything. But this time uh, the Surface Book 2 looks uh Oh, man, I had hands on with it, and and considering all the specs on it, I don't know how <laughs> how they squeeze everything in there. I'd have to look at those <laughs> those breakdown you know photos where they stack everything and put it in there. But um, yeah, uh, the the Surface Book too. We were just talking about not wanting to necessarily have to have you know a super powerful computer, but it's a very powerful computer, and they've managed to put it into a nice package, you know, uh, and and. It's definitely if I upgrade again, I think 
you know, I'll save my pennies and, and maybe try and look at getting like a surface book. And they also had a surface mouse there that I, you know, just took a look, quick look at. It wasn't on display, but they had the, the box and it said up to 12 month battery life on this wireless mouse. And I couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, I haven't had a wireless mouse for a while. So I'm guessing the technology has gotten, you know, so efficient that it can do that sort of thing. And I've always kind of stuck to a wired USB mouse. And, uh, but I, I thought about just picking that up. It was about $50 and, uh, it, you know, just to replace my wired mouse and see how that goes. Cause I've been looking to get a new one, but do you, do you use a wire, uh, any mouse of any sort? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't use a computer without a mouse. I, I hate trackpads. And I, I, when, if someone gives me their computer to use for something, <laughs> I, I take my mouse out of my pocket. <laughs> plug it in. <laughs> I really, really hate using a computer without a mouse. It just seems to be ingrained in me. But yes, I've been, and and, and here's a shout out for Amazon Basic Mises, Mices, Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, they're about nine pound i think on amazon and for the last five years at least if not longer that's all i've ever used um and i i was responsible for buying uh, in my business and supplying managers with laptops and and i supply them all with those none of them have ever gone wrong they're really cheap and cheerful you plug in the um the usb dongle they take two aa uh, sorry triple a batteries and they've just never gone wrong they're really solid bits of kit and for i think eight or nine pound you just can't go wrong yeah that's i'll have to check that out um that could be an alternative to kind of test things out before i dive in and you know get a 50 dollar mouse so uh yeah, but yeah. i was thinking though you know like money no object i would get the whole setup for the micro uh the surface book too and get the pen and the mouse and you know go full throttle with it really the biggest thing about that uh, laptop or slash tablet is that the battery life on it is really good and uh on my my lenovo laptop that i have now you know i can unplug for about you know doing what i do in, in photoshop and illustrator and after effects and stuff like that uh it lasts you know maybe two hours <laughs> oh dear. because yeah because it's it's just the processor is just constantly you know having to be uh, blown upon by the fan, you know, because it's, it's working so hard. So, right. uh, that's kind of why I, you know, I, I, I look at the service book as a potential solution to that. But the, again, the price is just, you know, for what I would need, you know, cause I'd need the, the full, not need, <laughs> I would get the full spec yeah. one, you know, with the i7 and, you know, the 512 or one terabyte SSD and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, the, the handwriting thing with the pen on the, uh, surface i'm not sure if it offers the recognition or not on there yeah it does apparently but it doesn't do it as well as the ipad does um and, and they use um is it um microsoft notes i think it's called notes isn't it yeah um, i think so uh, as the the kind of forum to do that within and, and apparently that works pretty well and i and i've used that on my yoga book and you you kind of draw this lasso around the text you want to change into um into te into text and you're sorry the handwriting you want to change into text and it kind of works you know it's, it's okay but apparently this ipad pro just does it properly and um that that's the kind of gold standard 
Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, <laughs> we've been on for a little while here, so we'll kind of go move on to, uh, what are your, some, some of your favorite online services for music, video, or any other subscription based stuff? <laughs> or, and do you have any weird, weird subscriptions? And <laughs> I see your answer here, but I'll let you, uh, <laughs> let you take it away. So I just, uh, people, again, people that know me will just know that I live in the Google cloud and everything I do is in Google and I choose Google for everything, even if, um, for example, Google Play Music might have some features that are not as good as they might be in Spotify or some other service. To me, that doesn't matter. That what what matters is that that all my stuff is in one place and that all the Google services talk to each other. Well, hopefully, normally. Um, and you know i'm invested now in google play movies i've got about 200 and something movies that i've bought um incidentally uh, when you're buying movies from google play movies you 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 really need to wait and for the bargains to come along and you know you can you can get films for like you know one pound 99 often um and you know 2.99 Whereas the normal price is a stupid money, and and that so you need to be very careful about that, and and also the music service is ten pound a month, um, and you need to be careful about that as well. I use G Drive for everything else, um, Google Drive and Google Docs and Google everything for um, for document management. Um, that works really well for me. Um, in terms of the what I was saying earlier about the media consumption offline, I do have subscriptions to um, Netflix and Amazon prime which is going to be um going when my amazon prime runs out this year and now tv which i think now tv tends to have the best um option of the three um you probably won't know that service because no. it's a sky as a sky one um okay. and and the, again if if google in the uk provided similar services to those those subscription things those, those netflix type services i would go with google as well but they don't so i don't <laughs> have a choice of that but yeah in answer to your original question i'm afraid i'm very much a, a, a kind of one in-house one one solution person as, as much as i possibly can be how about you <laughs> uh, we have a few subscription. We have Netflix and I subscribe to Pandora Radio uh, because oh, yeah. I found that it actually kind of works how I listen to stuff. You know, uh, they have a couple of subscriptions Pandora does. And one of them is just to remove the ads that they play. And also so you can skip as much as you want as far as the right. radio goes. Uh, then they also have one that's very much Spotify like that they just recently came out with where you can, you know, browse and do whatever you wish with their entire library, you know, create playlists and download and, and stuff like that. But I just do the, the basic one because I found that I just kind of, you know, like a, a, a shuffle of songs, you know, on in the background. And that's pretty much it. So uh, yeah. my wife, my wife has Spotify, so she downloads quite a bit of music. Uh, and she's, a, you know, she's big into listening to music while she's doing stuff. And so she uses Spotify for that. Uh, I think those are really the only subscriptions that we have. Uh, we have an antenna for our TV uh, here in the US. So we don't have any services for that. And then... Right. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that's it. Um, we, yeah, we, we keep it pretty basic. Uh, I mean, I outside of you know like uh, my hosting, you know, for my website and stuff like that, which I guess 
I, I wouldn't count that in towards this, but yeah, that that's it. Na- Amazon, Pandora, and Spotify, I think, are our big ones. And we just can't, even Netflix, though, recently, we're not huge TV watchers, so we don't binge right. a lot, you know, on things. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at with that. But uh, I want to move into some more specific questions that I had that I came up with for you specifically because okay. I knew you were coming on. So uh, we talked about this a little bit already, but you've tried the new Gmail web interface. And uh, what are your thoughts so far with that? Yeah, yeah, I just think it's really cool. As I was saying earlier, I, I like the design language. I like the, the font set they've used. I like the fact that on the right-hand side now you've got this column which is expandable, which has got at the moment, well, on my one, it's got Calendar and Google Keep, which I use ex- extensively, um, and the new tasks with that with that new stuff. And you can, you can add more services to that by um, adding add-ons, which I've not explored fully yet. Um, they've also rearranged the way in which the, your ebook, your email content can be shown on the on the, the the kind of front panel, which means that if someone, for example, uh, sends you an email with an attachment to it, you get this kind of apple-like pill-shaped bubble underneath yeah. it. With, do, you, with, have you, do you have that turned on for yours? Yes, I do. Okay. And, and, okay. and you're quite right. You can turn those off if you don't want to. If you want a more compact look, you can get rid of those. Um, I happen to like having them on, and so it, it works for me. And the other okay. thing that I was going to mention, which a lot of people have missed, is that if you go to the top left of the screen, to the hamburger, where it says main yeah. menu, and just single click on that, you can actually instantly widen the whole page yeah to me that 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 was the 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 main feature from from this new thing is that's the the first thing that i did and the most useful thing i found so far but yeah yeah, yeah. you can collapse it down and and get a little more real estate so yeah that's right so 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 i think that the design is really interesting and nice but I, i think they've been able to pick out some some of the better aspects of um inbox which they dabbled with and i dabbled with with google as well and they've, they've kind of you know they've, they've learned from that they've integrated some of those features and and the whole thing i think works really really nicely yeah i think they didn't completely overkill it because if you're you can still pretty much use gmail in the same way if you want to uh as it was before so yeah. i think that you know you these features eventually uh i think i'll get around to you know actually start using some of them and finding the good use for them so yeah i think they did a good job too so uh and i've talked about this in the past on the show Uh, i still haven't gotten around to uh switching to npass which i've talked about in the past but do you use any sort of password manager uh to keep all your stuff uh in one place no no, okay. I don't. And and I and I'll tell you why I don't. It's because okay. um I got fed up with um things not working cross platform and trusting other services. And and it goes back to what I was saying just now really about being completely um under the umbrella of Google and trusting one company with all of my stuff. And I and I I completely get that other people will have a different view on that. They'll say, No, don't keep all your eggs in one basket. You know, what happens if it goes pear-shaped um you know you you you, you've lost everything i mean i completely get that but but i have chosen to trust google and so all i do with my uh, effectively with my password manager is have a document which is encrypted um because in in google drive because google drive is encrypted um and my passwords of all the stuff i need is is inside that um and now you could argue that 
Um, it could be my account could be hacked and someone could get in there. And if they got in there, they'd be able to get all my data. Yeah, okay. But then you could also argue that um, LastPass or some other organization that you're trusting with all your passwords could similarly be hacked. They claim um, that they are encrypted too. And, and so does uh, to Google. So that's been my choice. And, I, and it works simply and well for me. Yeah, that's fair enough. I I agree with that. I mean, the same with all these services as it is where you <laughs> if you can get into, you know, if you can get into one, you you know, like it, it's the same thing, you know. It's, mm. If you're breaking into Gmail, you're breaking into LastPass, it's all the same, you know. So it's yeah. I can I can understand that, you know. Uh I definitely have been trying to trying to get my stuff into NPass because they do offer quite a bit of cross-platform options you know they they have something on everything but yeah. it is like you said it is a little bit of a pain to do i actually had all the passwords in a password protected word document you know uh the previously yeah. uh, bef- yeah. before i moved in and, and that seemed you know i i completely understand that's a super easy system to kind of to work with and i it would be even better like you said if you putting it in a google doc so uh yeah that's that that works you know whatever works whatever works again don't yeah, yeah, no copyright infringement. Uh, uh, and also um google is is getting very clever with um i, I was setting a phone up just this week um and and i'm, I'm amazed at how they, they've moved move forward in terms of you know you give them give the company permission to um, password all your apps and when you go to set up a new phone for example or tablet or whatever that that you can you can use those permissions and and the 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 setting up process which used to be horrendous on android and apple had got right as usual um Hmm. with uh, backup and restore the the restore process now is just really really simple and straightforward as long as you give that permission to google to hold that data for you you know the 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 stuff inside chrome for example i know people complain about chrome as a browser but there's so much stuff inside chrome that just works seamlessly if you allow google you know you just trust them to to hold your data yeah i agree with that i think like you were mentioning there's whenever i'm setting up a new android phone now there's a few apps that offer you know saving the password so i think i don't know what it's called google smart lock or something like that but it'll automatically just sign you right back into the app which (laughs) is just such a great uh feature you know Uh, i wish that more I don't know if the app developer has to enable that or if that's a Google thing, but I'm, I'm guessing an app developer because I haven't I seen work, it on all the Yeah, apps, they work yeah. together, and, and it was pioneered by particularly um, Netflix. It, the Netflix, a couple of years ago, was the only one that that worked with, and, and now it's developed out and pushed out, and it, they, they've, they've evolved it, and it, I think it just works really well. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. So let's uh, go on to another question I had for you is because I know you you get in tons of devices and you you know they're constant is a revolving door of devices. So on average, how many times a day <laughs> do you put your SIM card into a different device? So I'll just leave that to to you. So. Oh, I, it depends. It, it completely depends. Um, if I'm uh, stuck between half a dozen devices and that, then it could be four or five times a day. Um, it depends on the um, number of devices I've got in my hand and how happy I am with them. Um, what devices are, are in for review um, at the moment? Um, I've got two phones mainly that I'm dancing between. One is the Nokia 7 Plus, which I'm really bowled over with and want to work properly. But um, 
and I've commentated about this a lot on Google Plus, so I won't bore your listeners with it. But there's there's problems with it which don't allow me to to properly embrace it and and give up. And the other the second phone um, is the Razer phone, and and the only dancing between devices that my SIM card does at the moment is between those two devices. That you okay. know, one minute I'll be saying yes, I need the Razer phone because I need the sound and it sounds great. The next minute I'm I'm l- lusting after the nokia 7 plus um for all the good things about it and then i I put my sim card back in there and then i realize what's rubbish about it (laughs) and then i'm (laughs) back into the um the razor phone the the only other two devices that i sometimes still put my sim card in is the moto z2 play and the pixel 2 because i want to just make sure that i've got um updates on the pixel 2 because that's going to be the most updated uh phone out there but yeah. So in answer to your question, I think it depends on where I'm at and what devices I've got in. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Uh, I know I've got a few devices here that I kind of swap between every once in a while. Usually it's a few days in between, though, before I kind of <laughs> get fed up with, you know, whatever it was that irked me about the device. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, all right. So, uh this next question is being a solo podcaster myself. Uh, I've heard you, I think recently talk about how you've tried solo podcasting in the past. Uh, I was actually wondering what kind of content <laughs> or what kind yeah. of solo podcast you were, you were trying to create. Oh, I, I hated it. I really didn't like <laughs> doing it at all. It didn't last long. Um, the, the publication for which I'm a, um, editor that I mentioned earlier, um, is a, a monthly magazine. Um, and I did this experiment whereby basically what I would do was uh, w- once the thing had been published, I'd sit down in front of it and read it through every article <laughs> and I would make a usually it ended up being about a 20 minute podcast and I put it out there for anyone to download that were interested in um, in it. Um, and very few people did and i got fed up with doing it really quickly i mean i i do tip my hat to you for for pursuing the 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 whole solo thing because i think it can be a bit soul destroying and um (laughs) you know a bit isolated and 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 insular and i it just feels to me when i'm doing it like this is wrong it needs to be a dialogue (laughs) it needs to be two people at least and but then that's the way that steve litchfield and i have set this thing up with psc and we've been doing it for nearly 10 years now so my baseline experience of podcasting has been conversations yeah that's interesting it's uh i you know the thing the one thing that i try and remember while i'm doing it i guess that's helped me because at the first podcast i don't know if anybody's listened to those thank thank you (laughs) for sticking (laughs) with it because i feel like i was just so like i don't know It, it is it's a weird experience um at first but and then i once the thing is, is once people started giving feedback to the to the show, then it kind of put in my head that I was actually talking to someone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it, that's kind of helped me, I think, get along with it a little bit better. So, uh, cool. yeah, that's interesting that you that you had a foray into that. So, um, mm. and we talked a little bit about uh, you using Google, and I know you post a lot on Google Plus. So, what would it <laughs> not a lot? I should say. Uh, more than a lot on Google Plus. That I would say that's your your main uh, social yes. slash blog publishing platform. What would it take to get you out to to go take your content ugh, content outside of Google Plus? It's not possible. 
<laughs> I, I, I have, I, I, again, I can't really see past Google services because it's this umbrella thing for me again. I'm so happy with it all being under one umbrella. I, I mean, I tried Blogger. Well, Blogger is a, a Google tool, of course. And um, right. I, I tried using Blogger and um, also uh, what's the uh, sites, Google sites as well. But they're unpolished tools that you think any minute Google are going to give up on anyway. Um, and so I, I've tried in the past going and having a look at looking at places like, uh, sorry, services like WordPress and Wix and Weebly and Squarespace. And, and, and I started to kind of put together uh, a, a, a web space. And then I think to myself, certainly since Google Plus um, has come along, I think, well, what, why, why am I doing this? What, what's the point when Google Plus is something that, is is clearly now not going away anytime soon. Um, even if it did, it, the the takeout the takeaway service allows Google users to take all their data away with them if if anything did go wrong. Um, yeah. Why am I why am I looking for things outside of Google Plus to do this with? It works perfectly well. I mean, there are some things in terms of formatting that don't work. You can't, for example, if I'm putting a um, a, a post on Google Plus, I can't lay out a photograph in the middle of my text to the right and right. and then um, uh, embed the text around it. I can't, you know, I can't. I, I have little control over those kind of elements. All you get is being able to put a photograph or a uh, an image at the bottom of your post and and an album at best. And but but it but it seems to work for me and it's okay. And you know, um, some of the text formatting stuff is really basic. And yes, if you went out to WordPress or something, of course, you could create something much more. But I just don't see the need to. Yeah, personally, Ted, I don't think you need to go outside of Google Plus. I just thought <laughs> I would ask because, uh, you know, it, I think it's, you know, a question people may have thought about. Uh, I know you've you've dealt with that question in the past, too. Um, but I think you're per- perfectly fine on Google Plus. I enjoy I think you use the platform to its fullest. And, and if you're already in Google's uh, ecosystem, it's probably, out, you know, Blogger is kind of its own thing. I've always kind of seen it as a separate entity. It's not doesn't really fit in with the rest of the Google stuff. But Google Plus, uh, honestly, I'm, it's really it's a it's a great place to do what you're doing uh, to post right. these things. And the, the communities on there are probably the strongest of any social network, you know. Uh, yeah. So I think you're more than justified in in just sticking with it because it just makes the most sense. And, and it, it works. I, 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 I think you should just, you know, keep at it. And like you said, if, if for whatever reason you wanted to switch over, you could just uh, export all that data out and, and take it somewhere yeah. else. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I think Google Plus is here to, to stick around. So no, now, uh, now that I have your support, I'll carry on. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> Pixel Swim stamp of approval. OK, yeah. um, let's see. Uh the next question that I had, and I've heard you talk about this, I think on whatever works is, uh, or maybe I've just seen a post on Google Plus uh, about you going to the library uh, to use the Wi-Fi. Uh, do you utilize the library for more than the Wi-Fi? Uh, because <laughs> <laughs> because I, we, my wife and I actually use our local library quite a bit, so I was just curious to to know. Well, you, you can tell me what you use your library for, but uh, but I'm afraid I'm really bad, and the only thing I do is go down there to poach their Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm surrounded by 
a historic wealth of information in in lovely books and DVDs <laughs> and audio books and it's, uh, computers in one corner as well. Um, I know it's very shallow, but I I just don't do that stuff. And most of the stuff I want to do is online. And so yes, poaching the Wi-Fi. No, that's fine. That's fine. I just was curious because, uh, and I know, I think I heard you mention in the past that you have rented maybe a movie or a book or an audio book or something from there. And that I was you... thinking about doing it, but I didn't actually end up doing oh, it. Oh, no. okay. But you yeah. have to, the, the one thing, the question that rose in my head was, uh, you have to, is there a small fee that you have to pay in order to take out? Um, there is uh, for books. some things. I think it, okay. if you if you want to take a DVD away, you you have to pay a small fee. But audio books are free. Um, okay. The I tell you what put me off was that when I first went to the library to to consider taking a, a media away was that there was a, a couple of people in there, and one of them, uh, when I was looking through the audio books, said to me, "Oh, don't worry, I wouldn't bother with those. They're all scratched and they jump and they, you know, yeah, they're, they're not looked yeah. after." And um, I said to this woman, well, why didn't you, you know, complain about it? And she said, well, there's no point. I think I covered this on Whatever Works, actually, oh, okay. um, at the time. And and it just kind of put me off, really, that you you take an audio book home with you or a DVD and you're halfway through watching it. And because people have damaged them in the past and and the service have not replaced them with new ones that work properly, you, you're going to get through halfway through the book and not hear the end of it or whatever. I don't know. Right. Yeah, we've it run just into seemed, that. Uh, my wife and I have run into that issue <laughs> with the DVDs. They Their DVD section is gigantic at our library. I don't know exactly. And there's no fee to, to take them away. You have like two or three days and then you return them. But uh, yeah, we've run into that where we're in the middle of a movie and it'll just skip and you can't get, you know, you can't get past it. You can't rewind it. You can't fast forward. Yeah. It just stops working or whatever. So yeah, I, I, I understand that, <laughs> that, that issue with the library. So. Yeah, yeah, and also DVDs now are two a penny. So, you know, right. if you're if you're frugal and wise and go hunting around various online DVD shops um, stores, um, you can you can pick up bargains all over the place. Um, I still have some DVDs, not a huge amount, but I still have some, um, and they are usually ones that I've got for ninety nine p here and there. Yeah, yeah, and I noticed our library recently incorporated with some app for libraries where they offer their audiobook content here you yep. can rent it via via app now so that <laughs> luckily that would take away any of the the scratching issues with the, oh, the cds right. that they yeah, have yeah. there yeah so they they've kind of opened up a library of you know audio stuff that you can you can take a look at there too so yeah i was just curious because my wife and i go to the library quite a bit she uses it she tutors uh uh math and english and and different things for you know from from young kids to to adults you know and so she used there's little rooms at the library that she uses to uh meet up with those people and kind of do the tutoring there so we 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 get every aspect of the library i feel like we've been kind of had our hand in and it's it's been really nice you know uh to to use it so i just thought i would ask about that but this last question yeah this last question is kind of non-tech related at all, at all but <laughs> the the reason i ask is because uh from what i've gleaned from uh projector room and stuff like that and when you've talked about the the type of stuff you watch is not necessarily into uh is this is it wrong to say that you're not necessarily into the the sci-fi genre very much or uh 
Is is that true? Uh, I don't want to <laughs> make assumptions that you don't necessarily enjoy sci-fi movies, but that they're not your your favorite. Yeah, you you got me there. I'm afraid. <laughs> so when when it comes to projector room, uh, Steve and Gareth are off on their trail about sci-fi this and and you know Star Trek that, and it's kind of a bit lost on me really. I I, I prefer to um, watch kind of ordinary reality stuff and historical dramas and stuff like that when it gets all silly and um fantasy based i i i kind of lose track really okay yeah (laughs) so but i did (laughs) i know in the past i think on the the phone show episode recently where you were nowhere to be found when steve was looking for you (laughs) i think you you mentioned that you (laughs) were uh watching rugby is that was that right was that what was going on yeah yeah i think i i really enjoy rugby i mean i I used to really enjoy football and um cricket and i um i even kind of when i was much younger and fitter i played um golf and and, uh, you know, I, 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 and I'm, I'm a really big bloke as well. So rugby was really the, the thing that I, I should have been playing. And, and I did play for the school a few times, and etc. Okay. But as I got older, I just kind of, you know, become much lazier and don't really do very much. <laughs> I used to all play. I also used to play in a pool league. And I think okay. um, this is, pool is probably what you call billiards in America or, yeah, with, it, or it, something like that. Yeah, pool it, a pool's definitely a common term. There's pool halls okay. that we, you know, that I've been to in the past. So, so we um, the, the the word um, English billiards is is a a game that's played on a snooker table, on a full size snooker table. And I do enjoy playing snooker. I still do that. Um, and um, I have someone that I play with um, on a full size table. And actually, we do play billiards quite a lot. And that's a, a really interesting and different game as a as change from snooker. And it's nothing like pool either. It's a, a very um, good English game. Look it up, everyone. <laughs> well, I remember when I was in high school, I had a friend whose parents got a snooker snooker table in their basement, and so it was a, quite an experience trying to to learn uh, how because it's very different from yeah. from your standard uh, other bi- other billiards. So and you, yeah, and if you've got a, a full size table twelve foot away from you, yeah. it's, it's really difficult. The you know the pockets are tiny at the other end yeah. of the table, and, yeah. and it's it's so hard to play snooker and and Billy as well. Yeah, I definitely have respect, respect for the the people who are you know professionals at it. So yeah. I can't imagine the time it would take to to get to that level. So okay, so we've gone over all those the questions that I had for you. So I know you put some notes in uh, in the show notes. Uh, the first one, <laughs> and I'm not sure if you're if you're playing a trick on me, but you say the Moto X Pure <laughs> in the UK is not the same as the Moto X Style. Well, uh, and then I pulled up the specs <laughs> and I couldn't. I still scratching my head a little bit as to what you mean by that so could you explain that well i don't know if it's different in america i can't remember it seems like a long time ago that the moto x um was around and um the the, what the listener doesn't know is that before um we recorded you sent me a a list of a huge list of all the devices you had over the years yeah 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 and and one of them was the x um pure and style and um 
as I understood it in this country, the X-Pure was a device that was lesser specified than the X-Style. Um, if my, members, my memory serves me correctly, the, the X-Style was a physically bigger device than the X-Pure. Um, and it was 5.7-inch screen, I think. I can't remember exactly. Right. But the Pure was 5.5-inch screen. One of them had good, powerful um, stereo speakers. One of them didn't. One had more RAM. One didn't. And, and so, but I think that what you were saying in your list was that you thought that the X Pure in America was the same as the X Style here, or vice versa, or something. Right. Yeah. And and that that's that that was my understanding of it as far as I knew. <laughs> uh, but you threw me for a loop, and so I'll, I'm gonna look at the spec list. I'll put a, a link to the the comparison that you sent me on Phone Arena, and uh, so people can take a look. But I'm again, I'm still. <laughs> I'm not okay. exactly sure what the difference is, but um, yeah, I'll definitely have to look into that a little bit more. So uh, you'd also talked about, because um, you did look at my phone list, like you said, thank you for mentioning that, uh, uh, <laughs> that uh, it was a shame about my insistence on uh, using Windows 10 mobile still. So <laughs> I take it, I, I, I assume and kind of know that you're not a fan because I know you went back and tried it, I think, not too long ago and just couldn't get on with it. So It just doesn't do enough for me. And it, it also doesn't encourage you to want to be involved. I, I said this with Steve on PSC this week. It, it doesn't encourage people to want to continue to be involved in it. When when you know it's going to be dying and there's no support for it and that the, it's being given up given up on, if, if there was just some, you know, carrot of saying, you know, uh, this is viable going forward. You say, well, okay, then fine. But all we hear at the moment is various app um, uh, providers withdrawing their support and services going away, and it's just becoming less and less and less, and it's down this kind of cul-de-sac. And and it's a real shame, as I was saying earlier, that um, I, the, the the phone world needs more than a, a two-horse race. It's it's just a shame. Yeah, it is a shame because Microsoft definitely had the the backing to kind of make that happen, I think. I think they just they a lot of missteps, a lot of decisions and and things like that were made to, you know, kind of kill it. It's, you know, within <laughs> kill it within the company, you know, even. So, uh I still I I can't, you know, I I still have to profess my love for the <laughs> for the operating system. Um I I don't know. There's just something about it that I really like. So, uh yeah, yeah, I, it I, is I, I there is that. yeah, there is me hanging on to, you know, I, I think a lot of the the users of Windows 10 uh mobile and, and just Windows Phone in general kind of understand and if they if they haven't they're in big denial but um they kind of understand <laughs> that you know it's on its way out and so yeah. just enjoy it while you have you know until they turn all the servers off and all you can do is make phone phone calls and you know receive text messages and stuff so uh yeah so it that's you know to again as always it's to you know to each their own and and the you know Android is has always been my my first operating system. So, yeah. uh, but Windows uh, Phone and Windows 10 Mobile, I've, I've really enjoyed yeah, yeah. those. Yeah, and, and why not? And, and I applaud your attempt. You know, talking about Android particularly, like like mine, not to pay out loads of money for flagship devices, but focus on the mid range. You know, you were talking about your LG G6, which is sorry, um, uh, which one is it? The um, uh, the Q6, yeah, Q6, yeah. Um, which you know, th- these mid range devices just get better and better as we go along the 
you know, the, the flagships being the best part of a thousand pounds that they they still can't justifiably do the various jobs that phones are supposed to do as well as any standalone hardware as we were talking earlier about cameras particularly yeah, um, yeah. you know if you've got this swiss army device that is a, a compromise at every turn um you know i i, I jack of all trades is, is another you know term that comes to mind um ultimately is it not just a kind of toy and a play thing but if you want to get jobs done properly you would turn to other tools anyway and actually we've spoken quite a lot on this very podcast that we've been recording today about lots of examples of doing exactly that and and right. and, and highlighting the, the 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 quality of being able to, to go away from phones and get a job done better um quicker often and and with better results um with with of course the possible exception of telephony and connectivity <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and I, after i read that in the notes i actually remember that in the past couple of days there was an article about the samsung galaxy s9 uh, I think it was on Phone Arena, too, talking about how uh, even sometimes connectivity and, and telephony, like you said, using the phone, making phone calls, they yeah. can't even always get that right, you know, specifically. Oh, yeah. uh, I guess they pushed out an update uh, to fix uh, people who were having dro- a lot of dropped calls and, and there was a lot of issues with phone calls uh, on the yeah. Galaxy S9. Uh, so they rolled out an update for that. So even then, I think sometimes perhaps they, you know, they focus so much on on all these other, these, you know, these uh, extras that they're adding on that, that, you know, they forget to to optimize the, the phone app, you know, for the phone that's in your pocket. So uh, I think I, yeah. I just think that we're a long way away still from the the star trek communicator that just does everything um yeah you know that those kind of devices we've seen on star trek um i just think we're an awful long way away from that and and no one device can do everything well and and there's still lots of enjoyment to be had from using converged um sorry um diverged devices uh, as opposed to trying to lump them all in together into one little um pocket-sized computer yeah, and then smashing them between, you know, two pieces of glass and making them as thin as possible and putting tiny batteries yes. in them and <laughs> making it even, you know, more difficult to, to accomplish that. So Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I uh, appreciate that, uh, your feedback and your notes in there. Uh, okay, so, yeah, thanks, Ted, for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, of, of all the people <laughs> to have on, I'm, I was really grateful that you responded that you would you would come on. So I, I appreciate your time and and just uh, your support of my podcast so far and for all the shout outs on the phone show chat and etc. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And, and it just it helps me out a lot. So thanks again, Ted. No problem. And I'm, I'm very happy to come if, if you're short of a guest and you want to do another show i'm always just happy to natter about <laughs> tech with anyone so just give me a shout and we'll, we'll yeah bore i was gonna say together. that's how i feel <laughs> i just natter you know just just yammer on about things that's kind of the pixel swim podcast so uh yeah so thanks again and uh thanks to everyone else for uh, as always for tuning in i appreciate it uh and, and any feedback that you can anybody can provide is always appreciated there's uh, uh on the show notes page there's a comment section uh, you can utilize or you can just visit pixelswim.com for uh, all the show notes and all the episodes and all the social links that I use. Uh, and again, you can visit 
tedsalmon.com for all of Ted's info and to catch up with him if you want to contact him. And yeah, so thanks again for tuning into the Pixel Swim podcast. I, I greatly appreciate it. So uh, have a great night or or afternoon in Ted's case and uh, or evening uh, or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and Godspeed. Godspeed.